All right, y'all. What's going on? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite WMMA podcast. Hashtag CB99 Talks. This is episode 140. Of course, I'm Combo Breaker 99. Welcome back, y'all. Feel like it's been a minute. Feel like it's been a minute since I've done one of these shows. Well, it's been about two weeks again, but y'all know I've been busy, but I've been I still been on the channel live streaming and chatting it up with y'all. But uh, there really wasn't much going on this past weekend um, as far as major fights. There were some fights this past, you know, this past Friday, which I'll probably save for another episode or I'll probably talk about a little bit in this episode. But as y'all know, by the time I re- dropped this episode, Invicta FC 54 is already taking place. So, um, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that, man. But, um, yeah, not much, not much been going on this past weekend. So, you know, there was just a couple of topics that I kind of wanted to get out of the way on a less busy fight week. You know what I mean? Like usually whenever it's like a busy fight week, I got to cover fights, but there's a couple of topics that I just, you know, came up for this episode here. Well, I came up with, but I also had some people ask me a, a major question that um, I just wanted to drop a segment on and, you know, kind of take the time out and talk about it whenever there's not much going on in the fight world. All right. So, yeah, man, a lot been going on um, over the past couple of weeks. But like I said, this weekend, not much going on. So, yeah, in this episode here, just just got a couple of things I want to discuss, you know, a um, couple of fighters that just been removed from the UFC roster. Want to go through that. And the main theme of this episode, as y'all see here in the title, is scrap over strap. You know, I talked about this before. So that's something I want to discuss here. You know, scrap over strap is something big. It's something major as far as fighters keeping their career and it's something that i think a lot of these fighters need to follow all right and i might i may have discussed it a little bit in you know a couple other videos but it's just something i think is a saying that a lot of fighters need to live by now you know when it comes to keeping their career afloat in the ufc especially with some of these these past few fighters that have been getting cut not just women but men too all right and um the last topic i wanted to discuss is a question that some people asked me is uh, can 135 or can the women's bantamweight division, can it, can it get that fire back? Can it get back to that high that, you know, can it get back to that high ranking status that it was back like in the Ronda Rousey era? All right. So I want to talk about that tonight. So yeah, those are just two major things I want to discuss, you know? So uh, with those two topics, that's probably going to take up the majority of the show, which I'll be on here for maybe like 45, maybe, 45 minutes to an hour this ain't gonna be no two hour live stream y'all all right so yeah man um yeah uh this past weekend you know i did go out of town and you know i still got a chance to jump on and talk ufc 294 with y'all that was 294 right magachev versus volkanovsky yeah um you know crazy stuff going on with genu fry's fight against uh dudakova i already gave y'all my thoughts on that that stuff was crazy man you know can't be fighting with a staph infection um and just so y'all got an update uh what's his name mike breeden the other fighter who missed weight and had a staph infection he also got removed from the ufc yeah he got removed from the ufc as well um i believe he only won one fight in his ufc career one out of five fights and let it be the fight that he won that he got removed you know so hey um do the couple better be counter blessings man that they didn't remove her off of what she just did you know so um yeah maybe she'll learn from that not to try to jump in the ring with an infection like that because that's serious stuff man but, uh, yeah, before we talk about these other topics, man, speaking of cuts, which one I already discussed over here, we got – these are the two major cuts for WMMA right now in the UFC. Um, Jennifer Maya, as you all know, she recently uh, was removed from the UFC roster. Her contract wasn't renewed. Kind of a different situation, right? It was just a contract situation where she fought out her contract. The UFC chose not to renew it, and it was just kind of a mutual break, according to her, you know, um, she said that she didn't even she didn't even really like have a chance to negotiate or whatever. So she just like, hey, I'm gonna take this time now to just kind of rest from here, you know, and see what the future holds. Uh, but as for Ashley Yoder, I think we knew this was coming. You know, Ashley Yoder going into her fight a couple weeks ago, she was already three and seven, and she had to do something big. You know, she had to do something big against Emily Ducote, and um, she put on a, a spirited performance. I'll say that like she tried, but. To me, it still wasn't enough to hold her career afloat. Like she still came up short, which told us that the losses would probably still just keep rolling in. You know, the more and more she's fights these tough, she's fighting these tougher straw weights. So Ashley Yoder, she's out of there, man. Um, she leaves the UFC with a three and eight career. 
like I said, I still give her credit as a fighter that won't stop and can't get stopped. You know, she's the only one that I know in, in a long time that could go in there and just just fight her heart out. She won't she won't stop coming. You know, she won't stop coming. She won't stop, but she's not getting stopped either. You know, she's not getting stopped. You know, she's lost all her fights by decision in the UFC. A couple of losses to uh, Angela Hill. Controversial loss to Mackenzie Dern back in the day, back in the day. Most recently, Emily Ducote. Uh Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Ashley Yoder, she's just one of those fighters that I think has something going for her, but it's just hard for her to get to that level. You know, it's just hard for her to get to that level where she can just, you know, break that wall and go in there and take over. You know, it's just been that hard for her throughout her career. I mean, I give her a lot of credit for her heart, and she will show up. She's always been one to show up. But after, like, what, a two-year layoff, she bounced back with this fight, you know, jumped back in, you know, with a nice, spirited performance. But just wasn't enough, man. So um, shout-out to Ashley Yoder. Hopefully she can find a home over in Big FC or LFA, you know, just to continue to fight on if she still wants to, you know, just find a level to, to compete at and still get paid at, you know. Because I, I never disliked her as a fighter, you know what I mean? Like, even though she come up short, like, yeah, sometimes she's not really putting on the most exciting performances. But this last one she did, and I just like the fact that, you know, she still likes to perform. You know, she still will jump in there and fight. You know, she she's she's not a quitter. She's not a quitter, you know. Yeah, so um, hopefully Ashley Yoder, she can find somewhere to still con continue to fight on if she wants to, you know. But that's the thing. These fighters got to learn, man. You got to go in there. Got to level up. Got to level up. And uh, same can kind of be said for Jennifer Maya. You know, Jennifer Maya, I think she's one of those fighters that has a lot going for her. She could have been more. She could have probably touched the belt at some point in her career. But I would say something like about Jennifer Maya is that she has everything that's needed, but sometimes it's even too big for that fighter. Even they don't know what to do with it sometimes. You know, like I think she possessed just as – just as much skill as Alexa Grasso did at a point where if she would have just understood what she was up against against Valentina, she would have tackled that. She would have tackled that task that night. You know what I mean? Like it takes more than just going one round with Valentina or giving Valentina a tough fight. You know, you got to go in there and gain her respect and you got to, you got to whoop her, you know? And I think Jennifer might had a lot of good attributes about her going to a fight with, with Valentina. It was just like, there were too many rounds where she would take off, you know? And I think she does the same thing with other fighters too. You know, whenever she's been in there with girls like Chikeg and Manone, there's just been moments where she would kind of take off, you know? So I think it just came to a point where, you know, the UFC was like, okay, um, she's doing enough, but at the same time, it's still a gamble to, to put her in there with some of our hype machines. You know what I mean? Like you would rather like business wise, hear me out business. You would love to see somebody like Aaron Blanchard or Macy Barber fight a Jennifer Maya because it would be a test for them and it would make them better. But it would be too much of a risk to have Macy or Aaron lose to her. Right. See, Manon's style and just what Manon possesses, you know, she she was able to go in there and beat him because she had everything that was needed. But when you risk putting somebody like Casey O'Neill in there who doesn't possess enough skills, but it's still somebody that the UFC could get behind as far as like a face. They found out that was a gamble, but would you want her around Macy Barber? Oh, you know, people might say, Oh, that, that's a good fight for Macy. But when the matchmakers see it, they're like, "Uh Oh, you know what? Macy might lose this one. Right. I mean, she could probably win though, but it's too much of a gamble. Aaron Blanchfield. I think Aaron Blanchfield could win that fight too, but it's too much of a gamble for some of these other girls that's going to come up. So they might've seen this thing as like, yeah, we don't need to renew her contract, which is which kind of sucks. It does suck, you know. But this is what uh, Jennifer Mai had to say on her IG as far as um the cl some clarity on what happened at this point. She said, I'm no longer I no longer belong to the UFC. It's been a great five years within the organization. Only tough opponents, always ranked. I did I did three co-main events. I won bonuses, got to compete for the belt, gained a lot of experience always giving my best every fight and leaving my legacy. All right. So I can agree with all that. That's all great stuff for, it, you know, not everybody will touch the belt, you know? So, yeah. All right. In my last fights, I was already feeling my body and my mind asking for a break. Physically, I'm in my best shape, but it's been 20 years fighting and living as an athlete, giving my hundred percent every day and every training and all. So reflecting my personal life, 
then I felt the urge to take a breath to feel how it feels to not be 100% all the time. It allowed, it allowed me to be wrong. It's time to fulfill my personal wishes. I sincerely thank everybody, friends, family. You know, she just goes on, you know, about everybody stood by her, her coaches and everything. Grateful for all the partnerships and all of that. She loves being an MMA athlete. Grateful for everything UFC's done. So, yeah, it was, seems like a mutual break. She says, I'll look for new purposes and objectives because I know that for me, those who know me for, for all that I have achieved, I am a champion in life. All right. So, yeah, that's always a good thing, you know, to um, just appreciate the things that you have been through, even though you didn't reach certain levels. And there's a lot of good things you can always say about Jennifer Meyer. You know what I mean? Because there's always, you know, there's always uh, there's always respect for fighters like, you, you know, a Jennifer Meyer. You know, there's there's champions and then there's contenders. And sometimes somebody just has to be a contender. You know what I mean? Or they just have to be that second level fighter. And there's nothing there's no shame in that. There's no shame in what Jennifer Meyer has done in the game to me. You know, um, of course, I think there could have been some things that she's done better. But um, as far as moving forward, is if she's happy with it, hey, why shouldn't we be? You know, so from here, I think Jennifer Meyer. Um, I'm sure she doesn't want to just be seen as like a gatekeeper. She still wants to compete and getting a belt from another organization like PFL and Bellator is still highly possible for, her. you know, I think that, you know, with the UFC level of experience that she's had, she could go, she could go up in Bellator and run it. You know, um, if Bellator is still around, if they are around next year and they decide to sign her and stick around, I think that Bellator could do, you know, could do for, do wonders for, her, you know, or she could do wonders for them. Um, as for uh, PFL, you know, taking on Dakota Chiba and stuff, you know, those type of fights, stuff like that. Those would be good fights for um, for Dakota, you know, to really see what level she's on, because that'd be a scary fight for Dakota taking on a Jennifer Meyer, you know. But at the moment, um, those are all just kind of things we putting out there. I'm putting out there. But with her um, in a position where, you know, she needs to kind of rest her body for going for so long. That would probably be wise for her because um, these young guns, they're on a different level right now and they're on a different path. And, you know, you could really get hurt if you're physically, uh, you know, if you're you're physically not feeling it. You know, if your body's starting to hurt, and you, you, your, your joints aren't the same, your back, your nerves, all of that, you know. So it, it might be time for a little break for Jennifer Myers. So maybe we never know, man, like if she takes a year or two off, uh, UFC might pick her up again. We just never know, right? But as but but you know, as for the future for her, if she chose to not fight, that would be fine. I think there's other things out there for her, you know, trainer, coach, gyms, whatever she wants to do. You know, I think those are those options are there for. Her. But I still think sometimes when I look at her, there's a lot of mileage on her. Like, no, not in a bad way. Like, there's a lot of experience in her. Is what I'm trying to say. Like. There's a lot of mileage on, of course, as a fighter, you know, she's been through a lot, but I don't see too much wear and tear is what I mean. You know, I know she has 10 losses, but in those 10 losses, even in the UFC, you could say that she still was always game and she was always durable. So I don't really see her as like this uh, damaged, this damaged fighter or damaged goods where she can't um, make a return, you know, but only she knows how her body's feeling right now. So maybe she just needs that break to get back into the mix. And, you know, just rest a little bit and then kind of find that refound love, find somebody else to sign to. Or maybe when she's done, she might hit the UFC back up and say, hey, what's up? And they might say, hey, nothing much. You want to come back? She says, sure. Do I get my ranking back? They say, sure. Let's do it. Boom. She's back in the mix, you know. So that could be an option for her. But, um, yeah, shout out to Jennifer Meyer. You know, never a bad, like performance from her just some disappointing points when you know i was looking at her like she could be so much more but like i said uh everybody can't be champion and she's only human you know so yeah um hopefully you know things turn up for her, but it's just a little lesson for a lot of these other fighters out here you know both maya and yoder in different situations but sometimes you just have to find your own lane and that kind of segues into the topic for today man um scrap over scrap Scrap over scrap, it means exactly that. It, you know, it means exactly that. It applies to certain fighters that we know now, fighters that we know just by watching, and fighters that aren't really sure about where they, they place themselves right now. 
but some fighters do know that aren't really in it for that top spot. All right. So scrap or scrap, it means, look, this applies to fighters that we know and they know, but some fighters that don't know that they aren't in it for the top spot. If you understand what I'm saying, you know, there's some fighters out there that know and we know as fans that they're not in it for the top spot. They're just in it to fight. For example, like a Roxanne Matafari, right? Somebody like her that says, you know, I don't want to fight for the belt. I just want to fight, right? Scrap over scrap is a model for fighters like that, okay? But then there are fighters that don't even know it yet. They haven't even figured it out. Like, that should be their spot, you know what I mean? Because there's some fighters that don't really realize it. They're just showing it to us by performance. You know, there's fighters that show it to us by performance. And those are the ones that haven't really come to terms with it. You know, we see those fighters, okay, these fighters that have the skills, but they won't, like, pull the trigger. They just, you know, they just go in there and go through the motions sometimes. Those, those are the kind of fighters that they, we already know off top that they're not going to be champion or contender, right? Because them not pulling the trigger, that's going to keep them from getting ranked, right? But it also keeps them from being entertaining. You know, and it keeps it keeps them from being anybody's favorite fighter because why? Because they're not doing anything right. They're not finding that lane. So there's a path that these fighters have to choose nowadays. There's a there, well, not just nowadays, but that always, you know, this is something for a long time where fighters, they have to kind of find that path. Like it, it's like that even in boxing. Like when I grew up watching boxing, I was like, OK, there's certain guys that are champions and there's certain guys that just have to know how to fight to be able to keep their career afloat by being entertaining, right? Because it's pretty easy to see the ones who are on a mission, all right? The fighters that we know on a mission, the ones that get signed and they start running through their competition and boom, they just keep it going. No question. We already know where they're at. We already know what they want. Those fighters that signed, Alexa Grass, when she went to 125 and just kept going, we knew what she was after, right? There wasn't really anything to be said to, to, to question. Manone, there wasn't nothing to question. Tyler, Aaron. None to question about those four fighters. But there's some fighters to me that have trouble getting over that hump. You know, they have trouble getting over that hump, tack tackling the big challenges and keeping it going. Sometimes they come up short. Sometimes they just can't put it together. You know, sometimes they they just go in there and kind of go through the motions and, you know, just want to get get through the fight. And then there's some fighters that have the tools, but they just can't piece the puzzle. They just can't make it work in the right fight at the, you know, at the right time. You know, they have the right tools, but they can't make it work at the right time. So those are the ones I have to say they have to start showing something. They have got to start showing something because two things. Look, two things. Th th there's going to have to be two things in this game that they, that, that they have to represent. They either want to scrap or get that strap. But if they can't fight to get that strap. Let it be the scrap. Let's just let it be the scrap. Just just go in there and do what you got to do to stay entertaining. And if you can at least do that, I think there's always going to be a lane for you. There's always going to be a lane for you. And this is just for the fighter. This is, you know, speaking of the fighters, like I say, that don't pull the trigger enough. If you could just pull it enough to, to keep an entertaining fight and to beat a certain level of fighters, then that's fine. All right. And I kind of I kind of came to this conclusion over the past few weeks, you know, over the past few weeks, we've been seeing some fighters in W in the WMMA world, in the WMMA world doing just that. You know, some of these fighters in the past, you know, we would see them come up short, but something, something just kind of clicked in them where they were just putting it all on the line. And, you know, we were seeing it just like almost consecutive times. Like I'm not even talking about like ranked fighters, but there's a lot of unranked fighters right now, or even fighters that are on to come up that are just throwing caution to the wind they saying let's go they just saying let's go sometimes you just have to do that man because when you sit back and wait in the fight and i'm not talking about like counter punches and chess matches you know fighters fighting a chess match that, that's cool as long as you just fight the technical fight that's fine i'm talking about fighters that are just waiting fighting like you're scared where you wait for something to come to you you wait for something to get handed to you you ain't gonna get anything you ain't gonna get anything and i think y'all know what i mean like you could be a counter puncher Valentina, you know, she's sitting back. People call her boring, but she done enough to get the strap. So you can't complain there. But I'm talking about the fighters that just be waiting, just waiting. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like, should I do it now? Should I let it go now? I don't know. You know, 
those are the ones that aren't in a certain lane. They're not even in scrap lane or strap lane. You know, so those are the ones that are going to be getting cut. That's why they have to find that. They have to find it. They have to find it. And the fans, they don't get anything. That's the bad part. The fans really don't get anything. And if the fans don't get anything, we're going to be complaining. And if we complain, Dana White's going to be mad. And if Dana White is mad at a fighter, you know what that means. Somebody's going to get shelved, and eventually they're going to get removed. All right? Or they're going to save you to be a sacrificial lamb for certain prospects they want to build up. Like, if he doesn't want to just cut you right away and, you know, he doesn't want to do it like it was being spiteful, he'll just put you on the shelf for a while, you know, and then he'll save you for that next big thing that he's just signed. You know what I mean? Like, he just signed somebody off the contender series or he signed somebody that's, you know, looking strong, young, undefeated, has the look. And, you know, they're just they're just in need of, you know, they're, you know, the divisions, the fans are just in need of somebody that's like the next big Ronda Rousey or something like that. If they if he has anybody like that around, he's going to save you for that if you can't find your lane. All right. Like if he can't just find a reason to cut you right away, he's going to save you for some some type of next level prospect or monster like that. So fighters got to They got to step it up now. And like I said, there's been a few fighters in, in a few fights over the past few weeks that made me say, you know what? That's how you do it. That's just how you do it. I mean, if we go back and look at Carolina Kovacavich versus Diana Belbita. Shout out to Diana Belbita. She came up short. But um, Carolina Kovacavich, she's just kind of in a different mind frame now. You know, I like the fact that, you know, um, she was able to kind of resurrect her career after losing five in a row, I don't think there's been anybody in the UFC that's lost five in a row and came back the way she did as far as the women. Now, as far as the women, I don't think there's been anybody that went five losses in a row and did and, and got and, st and stayed and stayed around. All right. And didn't get cut. Let's put it that way. Like most people that lose three or four in a row, they're gone. They're gone. But Carolina lost five in a row. But Dana White, he saw he saw for some he saw it fit for some reason to keep her around and thankfully that she she took advantage of that thankfully she took advantage of that you know Joanna has kind of been working with her through American top team and she kind of motivated her to kind of redefine herself and find that thunder again and just continue to fight at the level she's on and you see Carolina Kovacavich going in there just kind of fighting with this newfound fire and to me, she's not necessarily fighting to the championship level again or the elite level, like the strap level that she used to be on, like five, six years ago when I used to see her back then. I was like, okay, yeah, this girl's elite. Then she started coming up short in fights, you know, making the wrong choices, you know. So now that that time has passed, the strap time has passed, she's kind of found her lane in the scrap in the scrap path, which is good, you know, because if you're in that scrap path, you're you're keeping yourself afloat. You know, you're going in there, doing what you got to do. You're not just sitting back looking, you know, like you don't have any confidence. You're just waiting to get beat up like you're punching bag. No, you you found a level to fight on. You know, you go in there and still make good fights. And that's what, you know, got a lot of the fans still behind her. And, and you know, a lot of the fans still rooting for her. Like, she just got ranked again off of this last win. But even if she wasn't, there'd still be a lot of people still coming to see her and still rooting for her because, you know, she she's fighting like somebody that wants to fight and you know if the fans can't get behind like a contender or a champion they still want to see somebody go in there and make make a good matchup you know they still want to see somebody that's going in there scrapping it up going in there putting on a good fight and carolina kobukavich did that you know she went in there put them punches together was landing some good shots just making an all-around entertaining fight and you know at the same time still making the right adjustments that she needed. You know, in the past, sometimes she'd run in there and brawl. She took some punches in this fight against Diana Belbita, but she would still step out of range. She would still throw a good jab. You know, she would still fight with some, you know, behind a good jab, throw some nice uppercuts. She was using, a, a you know, a solid ground game. She got taken down a couple of times, but had some nice reversals in this fight. And she really looked like somebody that was in there, not just having fun, but fighting with, uh, fighting with the passion again. You know, and, I, and and that's really what it is. You know, you have to fight with a passion. You know, even if you're not fighting to the high level of a Wei Lee, 
you still have to fight with some passion. And I think that Carolina Kovacavich, you know, that was one of the reasons why when I was watching, I said, you know, this is what we need to see from a lot of fighters, putting it on the line like you really want something. And the same can be said with Dakota and Yoder as well, you know, over the past couple of weeks. You know, th this was another fight. I mean, unfortunately, Yoder got cut. But for Emily Dakota, she was taking some to give some. You know, Emily Dakota said, you know what, I, I can't get my third loss in a row. You know, she she's beat Jessica Panay, came up short against Lupe and Angela Hill. She 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 understood what was going on. You know, something clicked in her where she said, you know what, if if I just can't put on the a, a total master class, you know, and just kind of step out of the box, let me go in here and scrap. You know, let me go in here and make sure that I'm putting it all together and I can still come out on top. So you can see like Emily Dakota throwing with everything she had in her punches you know she get hit a few times but she was really trying to knock yoder out you just can't knock yoder out like that like i said because you can't stop this girl she keeps coming but the cody fought with some type of urgency she fought with some type of urgency in her and that's why i respect her after watching that fight because these two girls they were really going at it you know they were really going at it in this type of fight um very entertaining fight and then you had um melissa dixon melissa dixon in her debut she was kind of covering both grounds. You know, in my opinion, she's kind of part of the scrap and the strap path because with the transition to 135, you know, um, she could find her way in there right now and, and be strong enough, talented enough and gutsy enough to beat some of these older fighters. But right, right, right now, she came in against Alex Leva and took it to her, got dropped in one round, but she got back up and started fighting. When she when she got dropped, she didn't fold. You know, she came back like somebody you want to see come back. You know what I mean? Like when you see Evander Holyfield back in the day, get rocked by Burt Cooper, about get dropped and out. Um, every time Riddick Bowie rocked Evander, he would come right back, you know? So when you see fighters like that get dropped and you say, uh-oh, this is about to be over, but they come back with the right, they come back with the right answer and say, no, nah, it ain't over. I got this. You know what I mean? They come back and say, I got this in their performance. You know, that's what you want to see. And, and Melissa Dixon, she showed that too, man. Like she was fighting with that urgency. You know, she said she likes a good ding dong, <laughs> you know, she says what she likes to do. And it showed in her performance, you know, she ain't just all talk. She said, I'm going to come in here, do what I got to do. And if this girl wants to fight me back hard, I'm going to fight her back hard. You know, she fought like somebody that wants to put on a show. And that's what it is, man. This game is still entertainment. It's still entertainment. So you still have to have that place. So Melissa Dixon, if she doesn't get to top 10 or top 15, there's still a place for her because she's a scrapper. You know, she still likes to go in there and fight. She's still part of that scrap pack. All right. Um, Jenna Bishop, a couple weeks ago in Bellator, Jenna Bishop, her and Ilari Yowani, both, you know, the way they came in there and turned it on just like that. They both look like somebody that wanted to scrap, but they also wanted to show that they'll fight hard for a strap as well because jenna bishop she's still undefeated you know she's tough she's still learning there was a level though there that um when i was watching her that you could still see like technique but there was like urgency in there where she had to get get that respect she wanted to gain alari yawani's respect she took alari yawani's best punches and still was able to initiate the takedowns and the pressure in that fight um Alari Yawani, the same thing with her. She's explosive on her feet. You know, she likes to go in there and, and throw down and make a, make for a good show. But Jenna Bishop just had one up on her with that ground game, you know, that, that ability to just turn those clinches into takedowns and take over in a fight. So, yeah, man, like even Jenna Bishop, with, with what she's bringing to the table, that's what you want to see, man. You want to see these fighters say, let's go, man. Like, we ain't sitting back. We, we got to put it all on the line. Like, there's no caution. Jenna Bishop got hit a couple of times, but she went right after. So, so just like I said, even if she doesn't get to the strap level, there's going to be a place for these fighters if they can continue to fight the way they do. Now, I'm not saying they got to go in there and get beat up and, you know, always go in there and take punches. But I'm just saying they got to come forward and, and dominate sometimes. They got to come forward and make it look like that they're there to fight. You know, sometimes... You know, if you can't find a place as a contender, you have to find your place. You know, you have to find your place. And with this being the fight game, you have to put on a show. You have to put on a show. This is entertainment. You know, don't, Dana, he ain't just about martial arts or point fighting or technique, especially now that, you know, they're with the WWE. 
he wants wars and he wants some type of drama and some type of story, you know, and so do the fans. The fans, they want wars. You know, your casual fans, they want blood, knockouts, and all of that, all the day. That's why Dana White, he's been so, like, I won't say lenient, but that's why he's been so, like, he's he's been really, like, when you show, he's let me put it this way, he's been lenient with technique. All right, he's been leaning with technique. That's why he's been more so into signing certain type of fighters. Like the last couple of girls he signed that fought to a draw on the contender series, right? They came in and put on a show. They came in and put on a scrap, right? It wasn't like the one girl just dominated in 30, 27 the girl and knocked the girl out. No, he signs both of these girls that fought to a draw. Why? Because they put on a scrap. So that lets you know where his mindset is right now. All right. And then there was an, um, I think there was a, there was another girl. Oh yeah, yeah. There was the Flyweights. Like their Ernesta, their their names escape me right now. But it was the one girl. Um, she took the fight on short notice. That had the dislocated foot. Y'all know which girls I'm talking about. This was the Flyweight fight. He signs both of them. He signs both of these Flyweights. You know, one girl comes up short. He's signing the losers now. You know, so he's signing. He's signing girls that fight to a draw. He's signing, he's, signing, he's signing the girls that lose now because he's like, yo, if you're putting on a fight and you are exciting, join my team, right? That's that's kind of how he's been with it right now. So, yeah, man, you 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 have to find that place, man. If, if you know that you've been in the game for a little while, maybe like a couple years, and you know your skills still ain't up to par, there has to be a time where you just say, you know what, we just got to go in here and fight. Of course, most of these girls, they're always going to think to themselves and say, nah, you know, I can get to that level. But if you overthink it, that's what usually makes it hard for these girls, I think. Like some fighters, fighters, I think that they are improving slowly and, you know, methodically. They are trying to get back into that position, which is good. That's why they do get with, where they want to go with some fighters. I think when they are a little delusional and they're not their skills aren't catching up with their with their ego they are the ones that continue to fall harder and then when they fall hard you know they're they kind of they held like unrealistic standards for themselves that's why when they try the next time their confidence is gone you know so I, i'm looking at fighters like um like a carolina kobukevich like i think she knows where she's at right now but she's still not unrealistic about it she's just gonna keep on fighting until she gets somewhere back into the rankings or if somebody just beats her and she's convinced that okay i won't be back there then i'll just continue to fight on and i'll fight and fight and fight until i can get there you know so some fighters are just destined for you know the contender stats we already know that they can rise above the rest right but the ones that aren't sure they just have to keep fighting they just have to keep on fighting and fighting and fighting until they find themselves in that top six seven status and next thing you know they're getting the title eliminator you know so um that's what i that's what i mean by scrap over strap like thinking of you know thinking of your career and thinking of the money and thinking of being able to uh continue to get that call from dana and deal with more cards you gotta you gotta have that scrapping you know if you're not seen as that it factor you know for sure that you can't dominate fighters and skyrocket through them and get to a title shot then you better start thinking of that 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 scrap right now you know just to keep yourself afloat all right but yeah um let me know what y'all think i mean these last few fights over the past few weekends i was just watching them and i'm like yo like yeah man like these girls they just be in here fighting you just that's what you got to do that's what you got to do, especially for WMA to continue to grow in the map. Um, yeah, you just got to do that because some of these fights, as of lately, they uh, put they, some of these fights be putting some of the men fights to shame. You know, ain't nothing wrong with that. We need that because as a whole, WMA still ain't getting this full on respect. And then when you have a lot of cards that or you have a lot of fights that go to distance and they're boring, you know, that's not doing any good. That's not bringing the stock up for, you know what I'd be telling these casual fans to come in and join WMA because some of them, you know, when I tell them to watch, they'd be like, all right, I'll watch. 
then they watch a couple fights and be like, oh man, I don't want to watch this crap. They be saying that stuff, you know, and that's how some people are when they watch, you know, the women fight. Like they've got to see, they've got to see more of the Emily Ducote Ashley Yoder fights so the Melissa Dixon Ron, Russian Ronda fights. That's what they need to really be sold on WMMA. So that's why I say scrap over scrap right now for some of these girls. Scrap over scrap. All right. So yeah, let me know what y'all think in the comment section though. All right. But um, moving on, y'all, moving on. Last thing I want to talk about here. Like I said, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> some of y'all had asked me a question about this division here. The division that kind of brung in women's MMA, right? I mean, women's MMA was already always around, but as far as like putting it on the map, right? Question a couple of y'all had asked me was, can the women's... 135 pound division get back to where it was and by back to where it was meaning back at the peak days when ronda rousey was at the top right because everybody knows that when ronda rousey was around that was peak 135 right when she was running the division and she was walking around with the belt destroying these girls via first round arm bar you know it was bringing in fans it was bringing in fans you know she was the one that kind of brought the casual fans in the wmma no lie right i mean i was always around but russian i was gonna say russian ronda but ronda rousey the one that kind of you know brought in more fans you know got dana white to sign women and bring the whole women's division in from there was this history right so yeah um that's the, that's where people want to you know if it can get back to where it was there. But when I heard that question, I had to think about it. I said, hmm, let me think, let me think. Hmm. I think the question is more so, can 135 get back on its feet? You know, that's what I'm thinking of right now. Can can 135 get, get back on its feet? Because the past few years, it's been a little on the downside. You know, getting it back to where it once was. First of all, I'll go ahead and answer that one real quick because I don't think that will I don't think that'll happen. I don't think that'll happen. You know, 135, it was the premier division for the women. And it was brand new to casual fans. All right. Women were already fighting, like I said, but it wasn't really on the map until the UFC started the 135 pound division to bring in Ronda Rousey. Right. You know, and since the downfall of Ronda Rousey, it's had its stars like Holly Holm, who dethroned her. But Holly, she never kept that untouchable or, you know, she lost it in the next title defense. Of course, she, you know, she's more like, you know, she has the look and, you know, she she carries an entertaining style somewhat. But she's just she's more like than she is uh, like known for carrying great skill and being undefeated now. Right. Then you have other fighters like Nunez and Pena and so on that help keep it together. But now. Now that all these matches have been made and most of these fighters are out of their prime, the division is kind of at a dry point. You know, it's been kind of downhill from, you know, from, I would say, like 2019 on. Like, there were still some good fights that could be made around there, but it was more so like fights that had just kind of passed the time already, like long overdue fights. There were still some long overdue matches, right? And the division was just kind of at a dry point. And that happens sometimes, you know, sometimes when a division runs its course, you, you're going to have it. You're going to have this this little period where it just has to kind of revamp itself. OK, but I think what a lot of people have to understand, like, can it get back to its peak? No, nah, because, number one, the days of the Ron, the days of the dominant champion of Ronda Rousey. The days of the Ronda Rousey era are gone. All right. The days of the Ronda Rousey era, they're gone. MMA has been around for a bit now, you know, WMMA is still kind of new to people, but having women fight at the time, even on that high level with other men on the UFC, on UFC cards, it was something crazier, you know, it was something crazier for the casual fans who accepted at the time. So when Ronda came into the sport, it was still growing, you know, the sport was still growing. So MMA period was growing because, you know, a lot, a lot of people, when they think combat sports, they're thinking more boxing, right? They're thinking of boxing. So when you have boxing compared with MMA, people are still trying to really settle in with MMA on a popular level. 
then when you bring in women, oh, okay, this is even something crazy, right? They want to accept women the same as men now, you know? Like, boxing, you still have a hard time women's boxing, you know, getting on to the level of men, right? But when it comes to women in MMA, it seems more so like they're, they're, they're starting to kind of be a little bit more accepting at the time, right? Especially, like I said, when Ronda Rousey came into the sport, you know, you had this fighter who's coming in while the sport's still growing. She has this dominant style, this arrogant attitude that you either love or you hate. But Dana White, he saw he saw green because at first he said he never signed women, but he saw green right here. So he said, hey, I got to sign her and build this division around her, right? So though the division had a lot of good fighters, I mean, let's be real. Um, MMA fans, they were coming to see Ronda. For those two reasons you either want to see her win or you want to see her lose so during that era that's who everybody was really focused on like for me i was focused on a lot of the fighters because like i said i was looking at everybody from gina carano caitlin young you know all the edian gomez all these fighters that didn't get signed do your bud way back in the day but when ronda came around and i wanted to see i wanted to see these people's reaction you know to uh you know to, to this woman sauntering around acting up like she was, you know, and then I wanted to see Misha Tate get a rematch at the time. Um, Alex Davis, Sarah, all these different fighters that were getting signed, I wanted to see how they would perform on this high level, you know? So, um, no, the division, you know, had a lot of good fighters, you know, let's be real casual fans. They just really wanted to see Ron and they wanted to focus on her. So after she left, you know, the game, started to evolve you know the game started to evolve i think the pace slowed down as far as entertainment and and you know fans they could kind of focus more and more in on skills and not just like shock value so that's where fighters like amanda nunez and shevchenko and gdr and etc they came in you know so you have fighters like that so to me getting the division to around the state i think it's something that fans they have to just forget now they just have to forget now because just forget that and focus on the talent now, because like I was saying, when she got beat, it kind of pulled the curtain up over her one dimensional style, you know, Oh, she's just a judoka, you know, the casual fan, they came in for MMA, but they were just seeing a lot of judo. You know, they were just seeing like, like a lot of judo. They were thinking that, okay, this girl's the ultimate. Now, the hardcore fans like myself, I said Ronda would probably lose to Holly. Well, probably. I said she would definitely lose to Holly home. But there are some people out there thinking that, oh, man, this girl's the ultimate MMA fighter. But the minute Holly home mixed it up on her, and then it was like, oh, man, like, there's more to this MMA, especially with women. Like, I thought she had it all. But then when they see Holly home go in there and destroy her, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, well, she's gone now. So I think that when fans ask if it can get back to a ronda rousey era or ronda rousey state i don't think so fans have to just kind of forget that now because with the division evolving you know um fighters are going to be more so humble and well-rounded if you will i mean see here and there you'll have some cocky or arrogant fighters like you have a juliana pena and you'll have a man to talk her junk every now and then and you'll have some words exchanged but there's not um there's not going to be like this one dominant fighter with the way the game's evolving. Fighters are understanding now the way they see Ronda get beat, that you have to be well-rounded. You have to be well-rounded. So a lot of them are going to come in more so humble and they're already pre-humiliated. So they really won't be coming in thinking that, Oh, I'm the baddest woman on the planet. Nobody can beat me. No, there's always going to be somebody that can beat you now because everybody's working on everything now. Right? So you're not going to get somebody in there with that, that arrogant style or that, aura like around the rousey because when she came around wmma was new to the casual fan and it was new to how it was being pre presented and a lot of these women were still trying to get the mixed martial arts down you know what i mean like a lot of the women had their specific specialties like ronda holly Juliana Pena, you know, all Misha Tate, they all had their different specialties back then. You know, they were known for like one or two things, one or two things. And that was it, you know, maybe three. But their, their strong suit was always either their kickboxing, their wrestling or their judo. That's why when you have fighters like that, you know, doing their thing back in the day, 
and then you were one was dominant, then it was just like, okay, spotlight on her. But now with everybody we being well-rounded, there's not really going to be too many girls that are going to have that type of aura like Rhonda is what I'm saying. You know, so you won't see it back at that level. You won't see it back at that level. You just won't see it. You know, it's just about focusing on talent right now. Because right now we don't even have anybody. Let's be real. We don't have anybody that can dupl duplicate the Nunez era right now. You know, it takes time to grow. It takes time to grow. And that's what it needs now. It doesn't need somebody that's one dimensional and, and um, that's that's cocky and arrogant and all of that right you need to let somebody grow now because it's a well-rounded game it's a different day for wmma people forget the groundwork that even amanda nunez put in to get where she was you know she had to work to get where she was you know she she fought a lot of different fighters that people forget about you know she she was in there with a lot of these contenders that that you know added help added fire, fire to the division you know a lot of these fighters they have to work you know so the division right now it's going through a transition, you know, it's going through a transition. And, you know, that's the thing that, you know, that's, that's the thing we have to understand right now. We have a lot, a lot of veterans who've had a shot where they peaked and we got a lot of newcomers who still need to prove themselves, you know? So that's one reason why I say the division's at a drought right now, because fighters on this side are peak fighters here on the right or at the bottom. They have to prove themselves. There's no in between. There's no in between. And that's what's going to make it hard to get back to like an exciting star level. Like that's why you're never going to see like a Ronda level right now. Be you know, you're not even going to see, you're never going to see a Ronda level right now or maybe ever again, because to get it to an exciting level, you have to have somebody that stands out. And right now there's nobody standing out right now. Everything's already been done or some, some things still need to be done. You know, some things need to be worked on. See, at 125, we have prospects who can weed out old heads. All right. It's been hard for the bantamweight division. It's been hard for the bantamweight division to do that because the same way, because the skill gap has been wide, you know, kind of like 115 right now. I mean, 115 is starting to close in a little bit. You got some good fighters like Denise Gomes and Yasmin, Yasmin Lucindo, but 135 still needs to close that gap first before we see a new group of fighters taking over. You know what I mean? Like, Again, like we go back to 120, 125, my quadruple threat. You know, they were closing in and a lot of these girls are getting retired. Then you got girls like Macy Barber, the Silver Girls. You know, they're they're good enough to weed out some of these old heads. But right now, some of these girls that are just coming in from the Bantamweight division, they fresh. You know, they fresh. They're going to be taking on girls from the post-Ronda era. You know, so, you know, you're not really going to see a lot of exciting changes yet to the contender levels. Of course, yeah, like again, like I said, New fighters, we got new fighters to look out for, but before we can really like put a stamp on them, they gotta retire some of these post Ronda, post Nunez fighters. They got to, you know. And yeah, though I think the bantamweight division can have exciting fights again. I don't know if it real really catch up to one twenty five right now, and that's all right, man. You know, some of these divisions, you know, it's just like certain fighters have their day. You know, certain divisions have their day. You know. Until we see more of the new signed fighters show up and show out with some of these promising skills, that's just how it is, you know. Another thing that's slowing the bantamweight division down is also the urgency with scheduling a title fight. That's not helping either. I mean, you got three fighters to choose from right now, Pena, Rocky, and MBS. Just make a fight. Just make the fight. You know, they still they still won't do that, right? But that's kind of where I'm at right now with the division, like 135. Like, can, can it get back to its state? No, it can't. And it can't for all those reasons I mentioned as far as, you know, people thinking that it can get back to a Ronda level. It can't because it was, you know, it was brand new at the time. Ronda was seen as that phenom at the time. And that's just how it is. You know, when you introduce something new into like an environment, it's exciting for a while, but it's going to have its, it's going to run its course and it's going to be done. It's going to be done. You know, it's just like when you bring in the new, uh, it's like back in the day, you know, back in the 80s, you know, um, let's see, what's the best thing compared to like, you know, an arcade in a in a mall or something, you know, the arcade in the mall, it, it, it's, it has everything you need, everything you ever wanted, right? You know, the great graphics and games, you know, going out to hang out with your friends and all of that, but it's going to run its course. Eventually something 
better is going to come along like the home consoles, like the Playstations and the Xboxes with even better graphics. Why do I got to go to the mall now when I can just buy this system and play everything at home? Why I got to go put my money in a bunch of quarter munches when I can just pay one high price for this game, game console, and that be it. And I can just chill at home, you know? So it's kind of like that. Like you can't really bring back certain things like the arcades never going to come back. The arcade, it's always going to be like this nostalgic thing that people feel, but it's never going to make a comeback with what has come along like with the Nintendo Switches and online gaming. It's never going to come back like that. So same with Ronda. You know, it was something new at the time. That's not going to come back. Like the division can be hot again, but it's going to be on different terms now. It's going to be it's going to be more about skills, more about well-rounded fighters that can just stand out and make the greatest fight. So it's not all going to ride on one fighter like it used to in the past. It's going to be up to more girls, I think, now at 135. All right. So really, when it comes down to it, my final thoughts on it, like if you want to break it down in points, what do we got to do to get the division back? First off, weed out the old fighters. You know, the old fighters have got to be weeded out. So you better start rooting for these girls like Tynera Lisboa, Melissa Dixon, Russian Ronda, uh, Daria Zelesnikova, who just got signed. Tell Ravina Oliveira, you know, she better tighten up and get 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 back in there right away. You know, these are the girls that got to start weeding them out. Shout out to MBS, though. You know, she gained her three wins and, you know, climbed her way to the top. So, yeah, weed them out. Weed them out. Too bad about MBS getting popped, though. So, you know, she tried. But And another thing I would say is um, forget the 145-pound division and focus on 135. You know what I mean? Like, they keep making catch weight fights, 140 or 145, but they won't make a featherweight division. Why? Why? You know, so get rid of all that. Get some girls that want to fight at Bantamweight and that can fight at Bantamweight and just start locking that in. Now, I'm not saying you got to get rid of the featherweights, but if you do keep them around, give them a division too. You know, give them a division then. But really, you got to start really getting some girls that can make 135 that show a lot of promise like you're doing for 125 right now all right and i'll say this last but not least though for all you impatient people let time run its course just let time run its course all right let time run its course we've had this problem with the heavyweight division in boxing all right like hey i went through a period you know after lennox lewis retired in 2003 from 2004 on man there was a time when all the heavyweight belts were in the hands of guys I couldn't pronounce his names. You know, a lot of the Eastern European guys, Nikolai Valuev, Vladimir Klitschko, Abragamov, you know, just <laughs> Oleg Maskovev. You know, the the belts just went all over the place, you know. So they were in the hands of guys that a lot of the American fans couldn't really appreciate. And the divisions were boring. And, you know, the heavyweights were so big and slow at the time that, I just kind of had to sit back and take it, you know, like I didn't have to lie and say, uh, you know, I was enjoying it, but I would watch these fights just to see what was kind of happening. But I wasn't really, you know, like, oh, man, this is great stuff, you know, but I understood. I didn't complain because I said, OK, I know where we're at right now. We're, we're at a period where we just have to find the next big thing. You know, shout out to guys like Deontay Wilder, who started adding more excitement and spice when he came along and. You know, his era's kind of gone gone now, but at least he tried, you know, and at least he did stick around and defend his belt 10 times. But, yeah, there'll, there'll be a period like this, you know, for a lot of divisions. So you just got to let it run its course. Let these fighters retire. Let these other girls make their statements. And then, boom, you know, hopefully we'll be somewhere like where 125 and 135 is, all right? But, yeah, I'll say this in closing. Stop looking for a Rondo or a Nunes, though. Just hope that we can get a talent-heavy division with some good fighters that have character, like 115 and 125, all right? Like, we never really had a Ronda at 115. I mean, we had Joanna who wanted to be like her and try to put on a show. You know, you had Rose Namajunas, who was a fighter that that a lot of people love, you know, the people's type champion. But um, there was never really, like, a loud type of boisterous fighter there that people just got behind at 115 or even at 125 right now. Like, 125 doesn't have like a Ronda type, but it's still a great division. Why? Because you got a lot of great fighters. So at this point, just hope that 135 can put together a whole cast like 125 does. 
that we can all get behind. And that's probably the best thing to do from here, right? Just hope that they can get enough fighters to put it together like that. But, yeah, um, it won't be back to the Ronda status, though. It won't be back there looking like that at any point in in, in history now. That's just that's just part of history now. Just have to accept it, guys. But, yeah, man, um, that's all I got on this one, guys. Ran, ran into an hour. Here we go. Yeah, ran into an hour. I know I said 45 to 50 minutes, but sometimes I just get get to talking. And, you know, I, I enjoy talking with y'all and, you know, discussing the world of WMMA. But, yeah, that's all I got on this one, guys. Uh, final thoughts. Yeah, um, fighters want to continue to make it in this game. They better just start choosing their path. You know, that scrap or scrap path. You know, if they want to keep the career, keep the checks coming, and they want to keep staying active, you know, are you going for that belt or are you pleasing the fans? It's got to be one or the other, all right? And as for the Bantamweight division, just let it run its course. And, you know, maybe in another two or three years, we'll, we'll, we'll have some excitement, all right? So with that being said, y'all, make sure y'all hit that like button <clears throat> and subscribe. Subscribe to these platforms on the bottom here. You know, if you don't listen to the show on YouTube, you can hear it on these different platforms and de definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. Y'all we already at, um, 3,500, a little over 3,500 subscribers. Let's try to get to 4,000 pretty, pretty soon. Maybe we get 4,000. I'll start changing things up, doing some bigger things with the channel, which I'll do anyway, you know, as far as like videos and stuff, probably start stepping it up a little bit more, jumping on camera with y'all and doing a little bit more breakdowns and stuff like that. But other than that, you know, I'll still be here being active and doing what we do over here. But, uh, yeah, leave your comments in the comment sections about what y'all think about these topics for today or for tonight. And I will catch y'all on the next one. Like always, Combo Breaker 99. I'm out. Subscribe. Peace.